Story sixteen of the Times Red Cross Story Book by famous novelist serving in His Majesty's forces by various. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story sixteen: The Miracle, a Tale of the Canadian Prairie, by Ralph Stock. Artists' Rifles. The old man slowly shook his head and looked out through the ranch house window to where the sea of yellow grass merged into the purple haze of the horizon i'm sorry dode he said in his gruff drawl blamed sorry the young man stood before him choking back words he longed to utter and twisting his hat out of recognition in the effort words of what use had they ever been with joe gilchrist all his life he had used as few as possible himself and shown little patience with those who did otherwise why should it be different now blamed sorry the colorless voice repeated i had no notion things were going this way or i'd have put em straight right away it'll hurt all the more now i guess but i can't help it dode you're not the man that's all why the other's voice carried resentment what's the matter with me anyway the grizzled head turned slowly the keen deep-set eyes surrounded by a tracery of minute wrinkles from looking into long distances rested on the young man's troubled face in a level emotionless scrutiny nothing said joe gilchrist as a man nothing or you wouldn't have been my foreman the last ten years but as a husband for joyce he smiled faintly and shook his head at that moment dode sinclair could have killed this man whose life he had saved more than once he knew the iron resolve behind that smile and shake of the head i'm the man she chose he jerked out at seventeen was the quiet rejoinder she's a woman joe gilchrist tilted his head to one side and scratched his cheek it was a habit of his when anything puzzled him she chose you did she who's she had to choose from dode sinclair opened his mouth to speak closed it again and fell to twisting his hat with renewed vigor well he began awkwardly there was dave willett and that dude schoolmaster on battle creek and and you want to tell me dave willett and a dude schoolmaster on battle creek's a fair show for a girl the old man paused you can't dode not me dode looked down at a pair of work-worn riding-boots then up into the other's face what's the matter with dave willett he demanded hotly or a dozen others who'd give their ears for her i know we're not fit to lick her boots what man would be but we're as good as most round these parts ah these parts muttered the old man these parts but they ain't the world dode you've got to get that into your head though maybe it'll be a job they're good enough for me and me and the rest of us but they're not good enough for my daughter she doesn't say that no because she's never seen anything else joe gilchrist broke off with a gesture of uneasiness shut that door i want to ask you something the young man obeyed mechanically and when he turned the other was leaning forward in the pine pole rocker whittling flakes from a plug of tobacco i want to ask you what you think i've been doing the last fifteen years he drawled you ought to know but if you don't i'll put you wise i've been trying to make money out of breeding horses it ain't daisy pickin but after hopin a bit despairin a bit and workin a bit i've made it there it is on four legs in a pretty middlin bunch of horses and what's it for me you know my wants dode sinclair no it's for joyce joyce has got to have her chance 
He stopped abruptly, with an indrawing of his thin lips that the other knew well, and commenced to rub the tobacco between his horny palms. Dode Sinclair still stared at his boots. "'You're going to take her east,' he muttered. "'You're going back on the prairie.' Joe Gilchrist rose slowly from his chair and pointed through the window with the stem of his pipe. "'You see Tin Kettle Butte,' he said evenly, there to the east of Hungerford Lake. When they read my will, they'll find they've got to pack me up there some way, in the Democrat, I guess. But that's where I'm going to be, and I'm telling you now so you'll remember when you feel like saying I've gone back on the prairie. But Joyce's got to have her chance. He stood looking out of the window for a space, then turned with the air of one disposing of an unpleasant topic. You can round up. The boys will be here any day after a week. I'm selling half the bunch. You're to run the place when we go. Dode Sinclair turned on his heel. At the door he hesitated, then looked back at the thin, bent figure by the window. Maybe the prairie won't let you, he said. When he had gone, Joe Gilchrist stood motionless, staring at the door. What the dickens does he mean by that, he growled, and frowned as he lit his pipe. Joyce Gilchrist was perched on the corral poles when Dode came out to her. He won't listen to me, he said, tracing dejected patterns in the dust with his spur. Says you've got to have your chance. Chance? What chance? Joyce looked down at him wonderingly. Chance of getting a better man than me. The girl was at his side in a flash, looking into his face with anxious interrogation. Dode, Dode, what do you mean? What does he mean? He means he's going to take you away, Joyce east where the guys come from he's been working for that for the last fifteen years and god help me so have i without knowing it the horses is a pretty considerable bunch now and but i won't go flashed the girl i won't go dode her hand was on his arm i'll talk him over you'll never do that said dode never i know joe better'n you though he is your dad he's got that queer set look besides he's right right yes he always is you've made good you ought to go east and live swell this is no country for a woman you say that he says it and he's always right but you don't say it you don't say it dode her hands were on his shoulders now he could feel her warm breath on his face my god he burst out you know i love every inch and atom of you his hands were trembling at his sides you know that i'd do anything anything but we can't go against him some way i couldn't do it i'd feel i'd stolen you that i wasn't giving you what was your due he's right he's always right the girl stamped a small work-worn riding-boot in the dust i wish i wish all the horses were dead i wish we had to start all over again i won't go so there i'll talk to him he'll say yes you see she left him and hurried towards the house, a slim figure of health and lightness, in a short, dun-colored riding-skirt and dilapidated soft felt hat. Dode Sinclair watched her go. "'Nothing short of a miracle will make him say that,' he mused. And he was right. For the next week the grass flats below the Gilchrist ranch echoed with the thunder of galloping hooves and the shrill whinnying of mare and foal. From every point of the compass horses flowed into the valley, with distended nostrils and untrimmed manes and tails streaming in the wind. Some had never yet seen a house, and at sight of the low line of pine-log stables and corrals, 
turned tail and fled in terror, until overtaken and headed back by tireless riders on steaming mounts. On the final day, Joyce Gilchrist helped her father to mount the old piebald cayune that he loved, and rode down with him to inspect the herd. Dode Sinclair saw them coming, and turned swiftly on his companion, a lean wire of a man in the unpretentious workmanlike uniform of the Northwest Mounted Police. "'Here they come,' he said in a voice harsh with apprehension. "'If you don't want to see an old man drop dead, an old man that's done more for you fellers than anyone on the range, take your men and horses into that stable.' The policeman followed his glance and saw two black dots moving slowly down the trail. "'He's got to know,' he said sternly. "'Yes, he's got to know. Ain't that enough? Curse it, man, can't you see there's ways of doing these things? Sudden like that, it'd break him up. Joe Gilchrist knows how to take his medicine. No man better, but I know him, I tell you. The horses are his life. There's time enough for him to know.' Three days,' replied the policeman shortly. "'The regulations allow three days for glanders. He's bound to know then.' why not now? Dode Sinclair laid his hands on the other's shoulders and looked into his stern-set face. Because I'm asking you, Jim, he said, maybe your memory's short. Maybe you forget the early days, now you're a corporal. Try back a bit. Try back to the spring of 1900, when the Chinook came and thawed out the war lodge mushy a bit previous, and you thought it bare and it didn't, and the elegant fix I found you in. "'You don't need to tell me, Dode,' said the other, looking away up the trail. "'But you know what Fenton's like, and—' Suddenly he threw back his head. "'Well, open the door, then.' Joe Gilchrist rode slowly through the herd. Some of the brood mares he knew by name, had known them for fifteen years. "'See that pot-bellied gray with the roan foal?' he said to Dode. "'Got her for fifteen dollars off the Indians at Red Deer.' We've had her fifteen years, and she's had twelve foals. Seems to me she's about done now, though. Got that peaked look. Hasn't lost her winter coat yet, Dode answered shortly, and moved on towards the edge of the herd. Ragged, that's all. Pretty midland bunch, mused the old man. He had never been known to say more about his horses. Pretty midland. Sure, said Dode, and watched the pinto ambling up the trail. Then he dismounted and opened the stable door. I'm leaving two men, said the policeman. You can corral them tonight, and the bet'll be along tomorrow. Dode leant against the stable and watched him mount. How many do you think? he began. The bet'll be along tomorrow, the other repeated shortly, and set spurs to his horse. The next day and the next the grass-flat corrals creaked and strained and rattled while an endless procession of horses fought and worked its way along the narrow chutes, halted a brief moment while one of its number was subjected to the squeeze and a minute examination by a sweating police vet, and passed on, some to another corral, and some, pitiably few, to the open prairie and freedom. Dode Sinclair watched the work like a man in a trance. When it was done, the corral gate was flung open, and the horses it had held were headed up the valley, and still up to where it ended in a deep gully of gumbo and yellow gravel. On three sides the animals were hemmed in by almost sheer cliff a hundred feet high, on the fourth by ten northwest mounted policemen with leveled rifles and set faces. There is only one cure for glanders. "'Queer that buyer don't come,' said Joe Gilchrist. 
Three days before, Dode Sinclair had ridden out to meet a florid little man in a livery buggy on the town trail, and after five minutes' conversation, the latter had turned his horses and driven off in a cloud of dust. Blamed queer. They'd be losing flesh if they're herded much longer. Towards evening, the old man became restless. Both Joyce and Dode noticed it, but neither was quite prepared when returning from the west field to find the homestead empty except for the chinese cook and the pinto cayune gone from the stables he's gone to have a look at the herd dode said but alone and on pinto exclaimed the girl you know how she stumbles i must go and find him she stumbles but she don't fall said dode let him be this once alone that's the best way for him to find out he told her all, while Joyce sat like one turned to stone. When he had done, she looked up into his face. Then, then, we have got to start all over again, she whispered. Pretty near. Dode looked out through the window. The setting sun was dyeing the sea of yellow grass a rich auburn, and Joyce was at his side, but his thoughts were with the lone rider down on the grass flats. He would find the corrals empty, the gates open. He would follow the tracks up the coulee, and still up, until he came to the deep gully of gumbo and yellow gravel. Dode remembered that the ewe-necked grey with the roan foal lay at the outside of the ghastly circle, her mild eyes staring glassily down the valley. Beyond that his thoughts refused to travel. It was eight o'clock before Joe Gilchrist returned. He stabled the pinto himself, and came into the sitting-room, where Joyce and Dode sat pretending to read, with his usual slow, heavy step. The pine-pole rocker creaked, and they could hear him whittling at his plug of tobacco, but they could not bring themselves to look up. "'Bit dull tonight, ain't ya?' he queried suddenly. His voice was so natural that for a fleeting moment Dode thought it impossible that he could know but when he looked up there was no longer any doubt in his mind. The strong old face was drawn and haggard, in spite of the smile he had summoned to his lips. His keen eyes were leveled on the younger man in a penetrating but not unkindly look. "'I guess you were right, Dode,' he drawled. "'The prairie knows how to cure swelled head.' And the other two knew that the miracle had come to pass. End of Story 16